Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, where we interview pastors and professors from across the Living Faith Fellowship and specifically Living Faith Bible Institute. Now, this week, we have Pastor Sam Miles from Midtown Baptist Temple with us. We're in the middle of a conversation about what it looks like to be a pastor. We've talked about spiritual things. We've talked about very practical things, responsibilities that a pastor has. And uh, the reason we're talking about this is because next semester, LFBI will be offering a class called Pastoral Procedures that's going to cover these types of topics in depth, 16 weeks uh, discussing different minute issues from uh, from finances to, to, to how to manage a staff, all the way to big visionary things, very broad things like what it looks like to lead your church in the Great Commission. And so we're very excited about the class, uh, and I'm excited about being here with Sam. Now, our conversation today is going to be very sobering, I believe. We're going to be talking about areas in which pastors uh, maybe uh, find themselves uh, lacking in terms of character, uh, areas that, that pastors maybe don't always see, uh, areas that are, uh, you know, void from their perspective, and they end up being weaknesses that result in trial and temptation that's necessary, uh, unnecessary. So we're going to have a conversation about pitfalls in the pastorate. Pastor Sam, welcome. Yeah. Good, good to see you. Yeah, thanks. So um, I think this is going to be very helpful Mm-hmm. conversation. Obviously, not something that's super fun to talk about, but mm-hmm. but important to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so before we get into it, I do want to read just a few um, quotes, some statistics that will guide us in our conversation. The first one comes from Thomas Rayner and Lifeway, uh, Lifeway Ministry. Uh, and uh, in one of their articles, it says that 23% of pastors acknowledge they have personally struggled with mental illness. Um. And obviously, mental illness—you um, know—that's a very broad definition. Generally, what that means is depression and mm. uh, other unhealthy cognitive issues. Um, and obviously, also, mental illness is something that society struggles with. But at the same time, you kind of expect pastors mm-hmm. who are following Christ to to have a grasp on that type I'll of thing. Bet, yeah, I'll bet twenty percent of that twenty-three percent. It's depression. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. And so um, yeah. there's another bit of research here from Lifeway Ministry that says 70% of pastors moderately or strongly disagreed with the, this statement, I feel fulfilled in ministry. That's a big deal. So 70% of pastors would agree with this, uh, disagree with the statement in their personal lives, I feel fulfilled in ministry. So there's something off there. Um, according to Lance Witt's book called Replenish, uh, he says that some of the data shows that only one in 10 pastors actually retire as pastors, which is exceptional, right? That's a, it's horrible. That's an amazing, amazing thing to get your head around. So there's all these innumerable factors that we could talk about in terms of statistics and the accuracy of these statistics. That's not even, you know, that's not even what we're getting into. Mm-hmm. We, I think we all know as pastors that there are problems and there's potential problems that can befall yeah. a pastor. And with that in mind, do you mind sharing with us, just as we get into it, uh, why you believe so many pastors are struggling with depression and a lack of fulfillment in their ministries? You know, the, so there, there, obviously there could be many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so just thinking in terms of my own observations and you know, stereotypically what I think they are. 
I think a lot of pastors view themselves as servants, which is good. You want pastors who are servant leaders, but in their mind, they they are the end-all, be-all for the church. Mm-hmm. So they're doing all the hospital visits. They're doing all the counseling. They're, do, they're the answer to every need. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody can live like that. So the sermon prep, the the you know going and visiting people in their home, uh, answering questions, staying up late counseling, trying to meet everybody, trying to meet all of those needs. That, and especially now with COVID, it's going to ramp up. Some mm-hmm. of the reports that I'm seeing is is showing that a lot of pastors won't make it a year because COVID. You know, mm-hmm. and it's been a challenge. You know, I mean, think about. Every, how we've had to keep adapting because they keep changing the rules or the, the 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 options that you have in terms of your ability to operate they just keep and then how are you gonna yeah. how are you gonna pull everything that the church needs out of all of those restrictions and and so the pastor gets worked to death yeah so it can be as simple a thing as not taking time. Uh, to to rest, mm-hmm. not taking the Sabbath, you know that you need those times of of just getting your own personal batteries recharged, which is a battle for anybody in the pastorate. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to serve, you want to help, and uh, you don't you don't take the time off that you need. Since we started LFBI, it's been really difficult for me to get a full day off. You mm-hmm. know, I've I've learned to snatch time off you know here and there and so it, it's something that i personally struggle with is taking the time off that you need and then what does that time need huh? i don't want to interject here but what mm-hmm. what does that time need to look like like what does it mean for yeah. a pastor to be restful yeah so you know most people get at least one day off uh, some get two um you know if they're coming to church they're participating um with the church but they didn't do all the prep in order to be a part of that worship service uh, so, in a sense, they—I mean, most people get two days off on mm-hmm. some level. Uh, our Bible school students aren't; we're, they're at least having to show up for a few hours on Saturday or yeah. throughout the week. Um, but you ought to—you ought to have a day of rest. Mm-hmm. You ought to have a time. Uh, w- whenever my schedule's been so crazy, I've always worked to make sure I still make it up. You know, I—I I, I don't think it's right to not have a day off. So that would be my official counsel for anyone. Mm-hmm. You need a day off where you're not focused on everything that you have to do. Do the things, do the honeydews. I mean, that's still, yeah, that's still something different. Uh, you'll be you'll be more effective if you can let your mind focus on other things. You'll be more creative. Uh, you'll 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 be able to think clearer, better, faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need time off. So if, in the in the seasons of my life, especially with the Bible school, where I haven't been able to get a full day off, um, I've I've taken two half days off. I'll I'll make sure I get that, or I'll get two half days and I'll add another window, uh, some evening. Especially with your kids, you know, as your kids get older, uh, I've been really working toward having at least two evenings off. And if I can get three or four, I do it mm-hmm. because I'm I'm not going to get this time with my kids back. Yeah, you know, I'm, Seth is 16. You know, I'm really enjoying those chances that we get to just snuggle up and hang mm-hmm. out in the evening. Um, that's a it's a big deal. So yeah. you got to have you got to have time off. Uh, but I think for a lot of them, it, it, you know, th- they're approaching the ministry like they're the answer to everything. 
and there's only so much of you and you can only go so far and you can only do so much. And so they end up putting themselves in a situation where they're in a life taking environment. They're not in a life giving environment, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like they're, they want to yeah. be the hero, yeah. but they end up being the doormat. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then, yeah. And if, and if they don't do all the work, the work doesn't get done. Yeah. But it's a horrible situation. Okay. So, so if I'm in that situation where I have to do everything, it's easy to feel like you're being, you're not appreciated. You're not, you're being taken advantage of. You're not being treated right. And so, you know, bitterness can creep in resentment or disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because disappointment's a big deal, and yeah. because yeah. you have this vision that you're so zealous for, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, God gave it to you, and and you're trying to bring people along, and you imagine that it's going to go a particular way, yeah, and it rarely goes that way. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a yeah. setup, right? Yeah. Like it's this huge emotional, yeah. intellectual yeah. setup yeah. that if you don't handle it rightly, you yeah. could feel bitter, or you. There could be a lack of fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. So so now you're not being energized by the work at all. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do I have to do next that's not going to be appreciated, that's going to be taken for granted? Right. Who could survive that way? Oh, my gosh. For any length but of time. But I think time? every Nobody, has felt that way at some point. There's going to be, sure. Moments. There's going to be moments yeah. of that, but it ought to be moments, not your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and so it com comes back to, you got to develop leaders. Mm -hmm. You got to develop a team. You got to, you got to equip people. Right. You got to train people and then you got to let them own it with you. Mm -hmm. So I haven't, it's been so long since I've been alone in ministry. I can't even remember. Yeah. Like I don't, from the very beginning of planting MBT, we were building the team. Mm-hmm. I feel like now I get to run with lions, man. I get to, I, I, I get to run with stallions. I mean, it's just exciting to see how God's working in the lives of people, and I get to be a part of that. And it's just, it's cool. It's yeah. life giving. It's mm -hmm. exciting. You know, mm -hmm. it wouldn't work if I invest in you, and if that's where it stops, well, we're going to get worn out. Mm -hmm. The ministry will grow to our capacity, and then yeah. we'll get worn out. Right. And if you invest in a handful of people and it stops there, you're going to still get worn out. Mm -hmm. But if we're always the people that are coming to Christ, if they're being envisioned and trained, uh, if we're always training and developing leaders and the ministry now is multiplying and they're doing the work and now we get to co-labor alongside them, man, that's just cool. Yeah. It's yeah. just fun. And especially whenever you see a guy that there's some element of ministry that you could just you could never touch that. You could never do that. And mm -hmm. you're just praising God for how he's ministering through this man or this woman. And it's glorious. And you're like, how did, like, how did they do it? Right. <laughs> you're just a, yeah. And they create ministry. Yeah. I mean, they, and you they, get to be in it with yeah. them. It's, come no, on. it's good. Who, who would, who would get tired of that? And you're seeing now ministry multiplying around the world, whether you're the senior pastor, staff pastor, you're a, you're a lay leader, um, you're a part of something that God's using to rock the nations for his glory. Yeah. And you're going to get. Right. And I think you, the, the term that gets used. You're going to let burnout take yeah, you out. Right. Come on, no. a, that's what I was about yeah. to say is that no. the term that gets thrown around is burnout. Right. Like, mm. but there's an aspect for which burnout is avoidable. Right. You can, you can, you can stop burnout in its tracks. Um, if you are, if you know that you are doing the work in community and the load is being lifted yeah. by, by those you trust, right? And that gives you the freedom to say no. 
Mm-hmm. One way to stop burnout in its tracks is no is an actual word that a pastor gets to use. Yeah. I mean, that's And sometimes if awesome. that means ministry, just yeah. that ministry that was so important just doesn't get done for the yeah. sake of preserving your family that night, yeah. That, yeah. that special thing that you were going to do with your son or the soccer yeah. game or the, the things that are important. If you have to say no and, and a plate gets dropped... That doesn't need to feel like the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Right. And if it is that important, somebody else needs to do it. Yeah. And if you're training leaders, you're going to have the people that will yeah, do it. Yeah, it's good. You know? So it's like, um, you know, we're as we're starting new pods of disciples around the world, uh, it's kind of critical that our, our, our live stream's right. Mm-hmm. Well, we got room to grow. Yeah. Well, that's critically important. Well, I don't have to bust my tail and spend the next three months of my life researching how to make an excellent life. We'll get there. Yeah. You know, it's it's not where it needs to be, but it, it's going to get there. So in, help us God by time, his grace. God it's going to get there. Get it there. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't have to be the answer to yes, everything. Right. You know, and I think when a guy falls into that trap, he's cooked. Yeah. He's headed towards yeah. burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Another reason it could be just in the busyness of ministry, his relationship with the Lord gets put on the back burner. Mm. You can only Martha so long. Uh, you got to get down with Mary mm-hmm. and spend some time. Yeah, you know, which I guess um, maybe leads to my yeah. next question, which deals with temptation and trial. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, as we know, every year uh, the news media is very quick to point out this kid with Hillsong is blowing up the news right, right now. Right, yeah, and uh, and you know yeah. we wouldn't we wouldn't agree with Hillsong or or this pastor um, doctrinally. Yeah, probably not a lot. Um, you know, yeah. even maybe, you know, even in terms of practically as how his faith works out in his life, mm-hmm. we we could maybe even say that this is the type of thing we saw coming. But with that aside, you know, the media points out every single pastor that falls. They, they want everybody to know that Christianity mm-hmm. doesn't work. Um, And, you know, to some degree, I, I think that um, they're pointing out, their ability to point that out is made easier by the fact that actually ministry is just is hard. And Satan is after pastors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a strategy at work. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's after pastors. And so maybe you could talk yeah. to us a little bit about about that kind of thing, trials, temptations that befall a pastor, and how it's maybe even just a, a little bit unique. Um, like a pastor needs to be to to be on guard, and, and what even what that looks like. What does it mean to be on guard? Yeah, and we'll spend time talking about that in class. Um, one of the things that seems like keeps happening over and over is a pastor's expectations aren't met and uh, they get depressed or they mm-hmm. get bitter and then they make allowances for themselves yeah. and in the making of those allowances uh, lives are wrecked mm-hmm. you know? so it's a it's a dangerous thing um, by allowance maybe give an example i mean yeah. allowance meaning like 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 i'm owed this so i'm going to take it mm-hmm. so pastor's you know, stereotypically, it's in one of three areas. It'll be the 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 money, right? The the bucks, the maids, the babes, mm-hmm. or the booze. You know, yeah. they'll they'll end up taking latitude in one of those areas because, and I think it for so many times because the ministry isn't fulfilling them or they're not getting out of the ministry what they think or they feel like the church is using and abusing them, um, you know, that root of bitterness 
you know, they get depressed, they get upset. God's not meeting my expectations, or and then they feel justified in some and sort then, of. Yeah, so they're going to take. They're owed this. Yeah, they'll take this. Um, and I think that's a a common trap that people fall hmm. into. I remember talking to a pastor, and um, he felt like we, you know, he wasn't being treated the way he needed to be treated at the church. Felt like he was owed more. And this I'm, is at, the, at your previous mm-hmm. where you pastored before. Yeah, and I remember, I remember telling the pastor, you know, it's critical that we don't lust or covet after things that God hasn't given us. You don't, you don't want to make like, for example, you don't want to, you don't want to maneuver and and wiggle and work and make yourself. Uh, you don't want to make a church take you on staff full time. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make a mission field happen. He, he felt like he should be on staff full yeah. time, and he yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Or you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this church send me as a missionary, or I'm gonna make the church give me this raise, or I'm gonna make. I mean, because I at, feel like I'm owed that. Right. Look at all yeah. the things that I've been doing in ministry. Yeah. yeah and I feel like yeah, no one's paying yeah. attention to that. I need and you to I recognize that thing. my worth. I'm take it. Yeah. Or you know, I'm manipulate I'm being over leveraged by the church, and I need compensation. You know, mm. or I need whether it's money, time, a job, whatever. Right. And so then you're lusting for this thing that God hasn't given you. You know, you're coveting something that God hasn't given yeah. you. And, and man, if we That's could just learn to be content mm-hmm. with where God has us, with what he's given us, doing what he's called us to do, advancement and demotion, that's all up to the Lord. Let's trust the Lord to supply all our need. Uh, let's be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And uh, in this case, ended up in an extramarital affair. Mm. And, you know, knowing a little bit of the backstory, it was just out of a couple people in ministry. Life wasn't going the way that they wanted to. So Satan made sure that they met and commiserated and mm-hmm. and then they solaced each other. Man. And a lot of people got hurt. Yeah. And that keeps happening. I, I, I see that story repeat over and over again. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah. Um, you you, you want to have a faith-based relationship with the Lord. Yeah. He really is enough. And so that's why I'm saying you can't you can't spend all your time in a Martha mindset living in a Martha lifestyle. There's gotta be there's gotta be that merry relationship at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have to come to the place where you know that he is enough and life on the surface is gonna look like it's shorting you. You can't let that make you bitter. You gotta let that make you better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take those complaints to the Lord and the Lord's like, you know, <laughs> welcome to the fellowship. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is this is supposed to you be want hard. to talk about unfair let's <laughs> let's talk about unfair yeah you know and and the cry of paul's heart was i want to i want to know that i want to know him the power of his resurrection i want to know that i want to know the fellowship of his suffering i want to know what it means to take up my cross and to be used and abused in service to the will of the father mm-hmm. right i want to be made conformable to his death it's a privilege yeah to die for the bride it's yeah. a privilege to suffer for the bride's sake. And doing yeah. it well is, is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the, this is one of the things that I, I realized really early on is that part of the pastoral resume should be like professionally abused. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. you're going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And there's yeah. ways of avoiding yeah. it for sure. Yeah. But, but ultimately there are going to be times in which 
you are abused and and that's part of, that's part of the risk that you take when that's you sign up for it. Especially when a ministry is being built up, there's going to be long nights. There's going to be mm-hmm. if you're the only pastor, you're doing all the counseling. Yeah. You're if you don't have leaders trained. And and the other thing too is that people like uh-huh. here's the one thing I've always felt very glad for in my life was that I feel like I've always been able to get along with people really well. I'm a bit of a chameleon as a person. I can join in with any group and have a good time. And people have always kind of liked me, but people hate pastors. Oh yeah. And you get, you do get thrown under the bus. Yeah. I mean, the way that people invent things against you, just invent them out of thin air. Yeah. Because yeah. you're calling them to something that they don't want, yeah. and they have to find a way yeah. out. And the, you have, if the Bible's going to come out of your mouth, you're going to be hated. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I realized the same thing when I was a young man. I thought, well, everybody loves me, for the most part. I mean, why not? I'm pretty lovable. <laughs> why wouldn't everybody right. love me? Yeah. I love me. Sure. <laughs> and then you you got to say what the Bible says, and then people turn venomous oh my gosh it's crazy hate and despise you yeah and you got to develop some thick skin you do and, and you okay. actually learn to use it as a measurement of whether or not you're doing what god wants you to do to some degree if everybody yeah. uniformly sure that's a problem. even the people that have a walk with god yeah, that, that's they despise you no, that's well, a problem what's, what's that, that's that? a problem yeah maybe you're a jerk yeah well yeah yeah, yeah. so don't be a jerk that's another thing <laughs> but but yeah you got to develop a thick skin and recognize that it's not actually you that they're railing or raging against. It's the person of Christ, the mm-hmm. word of Christ in you. Yeah. Samuel had to learn that. And it ought to break, you know, it'll yeah. break your heart for them. You gotta have you may be mad in the moment, but when you back up and get the bigger picture, mm-hmm. uh, your heart will have compassion. Which you can't on them. do unless you rest. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, you gotta have time to reflect. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if you're just going, you're going, it's you don't have anything, you don't have any place to put yeah. what's happening in your heart you know yeah. Yeah. and uh so with that i mean it also makes me think a little well, bit real quick yeah sure go ahead some pastors end up you know the the nine out of ten mm. because they weren't wise you know they weren't circumspect they so instead of up. redeeming redeeming the time in the word with people they made provision for the flesh you know they didn't they weren't watching their six and so they got they they allowed themselves to get leveraged yeah you know then they ended up in an affair or they ended up uh depended upon whatever yeah they're self-medicating through money booze nyquil you right. know <laughs> they think they got to yeah. have to to be able to move and, forward okay. their neighbor's wife sure and know. that's you know that's really yeah. interesting too because we haven't mentioned this yet but like one of the things that we enjoy as a pastoral team is accountability mm-hmm. like People know my stuff. Uh, they can read my countenance. They they know me. They know me, and uh, we're accountable to one another. And um, I think that a lot of pastors, because they're lonely and because they haven't shared the burden of ministry, yeah. then they they don't have anyone to share the burden of their heart with, and yeah. they end up they end up out on an island, mm-hmm. um, which is dangerous for so many reasons. Because we need fellowship. We need friendship the way anybody does. And on top of that, they're also hiding from their wives. They yeah. can't be open and transparent with their wives. Right, right. Yeah. So they're all it in their at least in their mind, they've kind of gotten themselves in this box where they're all alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just being wise to steward your relationship with your wife so that you can share when yeah. you're hurting. Yeah. Um, 
you know, in terms of my relationship with Cheryl, she's got all my passcodes. Mm -hmm. She can see anything. If she wanted to, she could ruin me tomorrow. Yeah. She could absolutely destroy me. I mean, she has everything. And if she did destroy me tomorrow, well, I probably had that coming. Yeah. You know? But I trust her, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's, well, we're going on 30 years, I think. This next wow. year will be 30, if I remember right. So I don't know. I lose track. Um, I I don't tell her everything. She wouldn't want that, but I can. Yeah. I literally can tell sure. her everything. And, and um, I, she loves me. She's not going to reject me. She's not going to despise me over my weaknesses. She's not going to despise me if I ever miss the mark mm -hmm. she knows i'm made of dirt and she still loves me she still accepts me you can't tell you how awesome that is yeah to have someone that you know no matter what goes down uh she's going down with you she's in your corner i mean it's Big good deal. to have Big that deal. friend in ministry but then to have it with your brothers in christ too mm -hmm. oh man yeah, yeah that's uh that's huge um you know i feel sad for pastors that stand in front of churches and they're blubbering forgive me i've sinned you know i've sinned against god i've sinned against you and then young people in christ and, and it could happen to anyone mm -hmm. right so you recognize yeah, none of us that are above it and you put yourself in a situation where the fact that that could happen the unthinkable could happen oh man i mean that ought to humble us that ought to small us that that could happen to any of us mm -hmm. Uh, the cry of my heart is, God, have mercy on me. Take me home before I have to be in a position like that. Well, that doesn't mean now I'm reckless. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, God will kill me before I get. No, no he'll, if if I set, if I make provision for the flesh, that's the flesh not going to end well. The flesh well. will win. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if I make allowances, if I, if I, if I don't hold myself accountable, if I'm not accountable before my brothers, I'm setting myself up for disaster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we, we've talked about accountability as being important, accountability with your wife, accountability with your friends in ministry, particularly your peers and those ahead of you. You know, Yeah, you got to have people you can talk to. You've got to. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, we've also mentioned, and haven't gone in depth, this idea of having a devotional life in God's Word. I, one of the things that I mm -hmm. ran into really early on is when I found myself preparing for messages every single Sunday, a lot of that study... I was in danger as, as a young man. Now I've, I've kind of reckoned it, I've worked through it, of studying for the flock. Like I'm studying, I'm studying, I'm studying. But this is all, this is like preparation. Um, I'm looking for insights. I'm looking for things that I think the, the flock needs, but I'm failing to actually meet with God myself. Yeah. Now, maybe you can explain to us, like in your own definition, what does it mean to have a devotional lifestyle? Yeah. So just like I can talk to my wife, I can... Well, the, the pastors here, we can talk about anything. I think guys can be open with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, they can share weakness with each other, concern with each other. Uh, you know, you want to be able to do that with the Lord. I think that's critical. Mm -hmm. So I think it starts with your ability to be able to just not speak prayer ease yeah. in the King's English necessarily, you know, and you know, but to be able to be able to have an actual open conversation with the Lord to be mm -hmm. able to unburden your heart. To the, you got to be able to talk to the Lord, mm -hmm. um, but you got to be able to talk to the Lord in light of his word. And so I know a lot of guys will talk about a devotional life versus prep in the scripture. 
like it's two different things. And maybe for some guys it has to be. Um, I'm personally convinced that it should just all be devotional. Yeah. And that's where I, that's yeah. where I came down yeah. eventually. But it yeah. took me time to get there because yeah. it is a jump. Like yeah. as a young yeah. man, all I did was devotional yeah. You can stuff. prepare <laughs> a sermon for a message and have a wonderful time with mm-hmm. the Lord sure. and the Word. Sure. You know? So if it's not... If it's not that, then that's going to be a dead message anyway. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, in every passage that I'm preaching through, I need to think through how it applies to me and what God's saying mm-hmm. to me. For, I mean, that's that's a priority. That's got to be first in one sense. If I'm going to have power in the message and conviction and be able to look people in the eye and say, I know this is what the Lord is saying, well, I need to hear it. Yeah myself first i can't tell you how many messages where i'm preparing them for god's people and you know god's just cleaning my clock and and i'm rejoicing or weeping Mm -hmm. before the Mm -hmm. lord so i think it's all devotional but yeah you know it is good to just set and read Uh, just to have times where you're reading where you don't have a notebook open you don't have a a, there's no agenda your word pad's not up nothing you know it's just you're just hanging out, listening to the voice of the Lord. Those are good, mm-hmm. but I would never, I would never say to a pastor, "Here's how you need to order your private devotional life. You need so many times devotionally, so much time in prep." And I think it's all devotional. Sure, yeah. Even the even the manuscripts that we're putting together, the training, you know, the teachers, the the, the instructors' notes that I put together for for the LFBI, the Bible school classes. Uh, I want to hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that what you're saying is, yeah. is key, and I think that's the, the thing I wanted you to point out, was that you have to be hearing from God. That's that's the measurement. Yeah. Is like because I think it is possible, and we know this, for pastors to open their Bible and to have their Bible open, and yet at the exact same time have their heart turned towards some sort of wickedness, and they and they've siloed, they've dissociated. Mm-hmm. God's word from the whole of their life. And so suddenly they have found a way to have two competing darkness and light coexisting in the same space. Yeah, and I, and and that that could be bad. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think we have to be careful because can you ever have a close enough walk with God? Can you ever have can you ever have a con- consistent enough or concurrent enough so that all the parts of your life are under the lordship of christ to where now you're worth preaching mm-hmm. you're worthy to bring the word sure. forward, you know yeah in other words always on some level you're going to be able to look at who you are in the flesh and say oh wretched man that i am yeah uh, one of the things that i had to learn was lord i'll never i'll never be consecrated enough full of enough faith living this out well enough in my life to where I actually have earned the right to mm-hmm. preach this message. Mm-hmm. And this is something I had to learn very early on. I'm just one hypocrite speaking to a bunch of other hypocrites yeah, right. about our need to have a dependent relationship with the Lord, on the Lord according to his word, not according to what we think or feel. I think a lot of pastors fall into the trap of, it's very Pentecostal in nature. I need this great walk with God that is really an arbitrary it's 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 this arbitrary determination in my own mind. If I'm hitting all these metrics and I'm doing this and I'm not doing that at this level, now I've really got this thriving relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord. When mm-hmm. the Lord's looking at your relationship and he can point out a thousand things right. where we're missing the mark. Yeah. 
where if we saw it from his perspective, who we are in the flesh, we'd again be right back on our, oh, wretched man that I am. So my ability to communicate the things of God are based on who I am in Christ, mm-hmm. not who I am in the person of my flesh. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten to the pulpit where I've said, Lord, you and I both know I got no right to say any of this. <laughs> I am, I, Lord, you know this whole message I'm preaching to myself. Mm. And to see how God will use that in the lives of people, it's just the grace of God. So if yeah. I, so then what happens is the pastor, the reason I say it's kind of Pentecostal in nature, I had all these friends, these Pentecostal friends that I grew up with, and they would, they would fail. They'd fall. That would be the word that they'd use. They've fallen. And uh, because they didn't do something or they did do something, mm-hmm. but now they're not a good Christian and maybe they lost their salvation. Right. And they went all in on sin. And they're going to get it out of their system and then get right with God. Yeah. So they live like hell until they get sick of yeah, it. Yeah, while I'm in limbo. And then I'm going to get saved again. Right. Yes. Yeah. And pastors will fall into that trap. Well, I'm not, I'm not walking with God anyway, and so I'll just fake it till I make it. Have you met the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. Is he not worthy <laughs> to pursue the real I mean to pursue the relationship? He's certainly pursuing the relationship with you. Is he not worth being right with? Right. I'll never be able to say I've earned the right to preach this message by my ability to live at this level of consecration that I by the way arbitrarily came up with. Mm-hmm. You know. So if I so if I if I ever step in it, well, it's because I I wasn't watching how I step in and yeah. I w- walked in the flesh, and and all there ever was was condemnation there. And to have thought that I shouldn't have done that was to have trusted in the flesh to begin with. And why yeah. would I, why would I ever fall into that trap thinking that way? The only person who is worthy is the Lord Jesus Christ. Sure. And then grace, man, the grace and the love of God just changes you. Mm-hmm. Now it's pull, it's not push. You know, it's it's want to, not have to. It's get to. Right, the focus is on who he is in our life, not on my ability to be awesome or earn the right to. That's good to speak. That's good because yeah. I think so. You're saying the first part is a healthy perspective on who you are. So if you understand as a pastor that you are weak and crummy, I mean at Just best, another crummy, dude. At, crummy at best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think the Bible uses the word worm. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so like yeah. if you just know that you're that yeah. low in yeah. contrast to who god is yeah. that's the that's the place where where you can be free to be used yeah. right like yeah. you're you're free to be used that's and not true. you don't have to come up with or orchestrate yeah. or do yeah. or be good and enough. by the way first corinthians one it pleases god to use yes. the rejected despicable things of this world exactly yeah. so that's yeah. a pastor that yeah. that, that yeah. is actually qualified yeah. is knowing that they're not qualified and then beyond that, that humility also gives you the ability to enter into proper accountability, a right approach to God's word and devotion. It to gives him. all the glory to God because yeah. you see how great He is in your life. I mean, I'm every year of my life in Christ, I'm just more in awe over yeah. who He is and what He has done. He didn't have much to work with. <laughs> I'm so grateful, man. Yeah. Well, that's that's an encouraging word, Sam. And so I think I think that's a good place. To well, let's start. before you, we you end. You got something else you want to? I'll share? say one more thing very yeah, quickly. Um, I think for the pastor, if they view God working through them, they view God 
as he is the one doing the work, right? And so we get to be used by him. We get to co-labor. Um, that's freeing because the work of the ministry in one sense, ultimately it is God's responsibility. The Lord Jesus said he would build his church. Mm -hmm. uh, God's the one that works all things together for good, yeah. right? He's the one that conforms us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the pastor that tries to take what belongs to God and, and for the church to be on track, for the people to be growing, for the ministry to be moving forward, it's based on my ability to do it well, to hit all of the, 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 the key, to have all of the key touches to make sure everything's progressing. Man, that guy's got a load bigger than he can ever carry. Yeah. And he's going to get discouraged and he's going to mess up or he's going to quit. He's going to. But if you can come to a faith-based view of the work, God's, God's at work. Yeah. And if our Bible is open, the Word is, I mean, the Word's doing all the heavy lifting. And, mm -hmm. and uh, it just kind of frees us up to be able to say, Lord, these are your people. It's your mess. <laughs> I'm excited to see how you're going to work and sort all this out. <laughs> I'll help any way I can. Uh, just, just show me how I can be a help. Right. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's not on me. It's on him. Yeah. And I'm just... I'm an under shepherd. I'm not the architect. I'm not the great shepherd. That's him. Yeah. And I think if guys can get that, it's very freeing. Right. Um, the, the, that person that's causing a problem in the church, that's, that's really God's problem. Right. Not that you don't have to speak up, that you don't have to be a help, but you don't actually. It doesn't have you're to. You're not the answer. And it doesn't have to yeah. keep you up at night. No. Right. So the so yeah. we don't we like to preach it, but we don't always believe that the, yeah. the yoke is easy and that the burden is light. Yeah. There is a burden. Yeah. yeah. You better show up to work every day, but it, it's light. At, at the end of the day, you're just working for the man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Sam, yeah. uh, thank you. This is super insightful and, and encouraging, knowing that it can be hard to be in ministry, like not even just the pastorate, but mm -hmm. in ministry. It's really yeah. good to hear a word that that reminds us that that there's a way with him. Yeah. You yeah. know. And it's good to see how you guys are all taking the ball and running with it. And it's just awesome to see God at work in, in it you. It is good. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, like that just go, trickles down. Yeah. The college and young adults um, that I get to minister to are showing me weekly that, that they own the mission at the same yeah. level I do. Yeah. So it's powerful. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. We want to thank you for joining us. Um, all the PostScript listeners, we appreciate you so very much. And we do believe uh, that that uh, God is using the PostScript to encourage you and to strengthen you. And, and we pray that, uh, that you would come join us. If there's things that you're learning uh, from the show and uh, you want more, you're hungry for it, man, come hang out with, with us at the Living Faith Bible Institute. Come hang out with Pastor Sam and learn about what it means to be a pastor, a leader. Come hang out with our other professors, uh, Greg Axe, Alan Shelby, the list goes on and on. Men of God, pastors who are doing the ministry, they're leaning into God, and they want to share that with you by teaching you and growing you. And so if that interests you at all, please visit lfbi.org and consider enrolling in classes uh, even this coming semester. Uh, also, we want to mention to you that the PS Plus is uh, available to you. So these are, this is Van Sneed's show, Theological Conversations, 10-minute um, long episodes, bite-sized, easy to digest. Uh, and these are coming out every other week. So keep your eye out for episodes of the PS Plus. Now, as we go into uh, December, 
Uh, we are very shortly going to take uh, a break uh, from the postscript. And I know that, that uh, that's disappointing for some of you, but we're going to take uh, several weeks off. And that's an opportunity for us to catch a breath, uh, focus on the upcoming event. Mission Focus is a conference that we do every year here in Kansas City, but uh, we share that with the Living Faith Fellowship. It's an event we all share in. And we want to invite you to participate in, uh, with us in that as well. If you visit lffellowship.com, uh, under the conference section, you'll find Mission Focus along with our other conferences. And there you'll be able to stream every single one of the events along with us. And so you won't have to miss out on anything. We ask that you'd register. That way we know if you're going to attend live or you're going to uh, attend virtually. That would be helpful for us. But we want to invite you to come be a part of Mission Focus but uh, PostScript will be taking a break. And uh, in that time, the PS Plus will continue to come out. It'll give you also a, an opportunity to go back and listen to old episodes that you have maybe, you've maybe missed out on over the last year, year and a half. So we love you. We're thankful for you. I'm thankful for Pastor Sam. And we wanna, wanna ask that you would join us again uh, next time we meet this January. Thanks, bye.